one of them, an expert in the law, a, a lawyer, tested him with a question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of all? Oh, there's so many commandments. Tell me, which is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, the reason why I want to talk about relationships for the next several weeks is because the truth is life is all about relationships. You were born for relationships. I want you to say with me right now, I was born for relationships. That's how God created the world. And the truth is our relationship with God and our relationship with others, even our relationship with ourselves, is actually the very core or the center of the entire Bible. That's why Jesus said to the religious leaders, all of the law and everything you've ever read, read in the scriptures breaks down to two commandments. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When God created Adam, the Bible says that after he created Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. And research has actually caught up to God. Because research has found, they, they, actually, they actually surveyed uh, uh, several million people. And research has found that loneliness now should be called a health hazard. Why? Because the truth is, people who don't have relationships are 50% more open to dying early in life than people who have good, strong relationships. Wow. So if you want to live long, you better have good relationships. If you want to die early, you better be really bad at relationships. Because relationships is what really helps us to be healthy in life. And so what I've discovered is that my relationship with God will always determine my relationship with other people. So I want you to say with me right now, my relationship, come on, say with me, my relationship with God determines and defines my relationship with others. That's important. That's very important for us to understand. You see, when you look at the Ten Commandments, God is actually helping us with relationships. And when you look at the Ten Commandments, it's about three relationships. Three relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and our relationship with ourselves. Don't have any other gods. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't take your neighbor's wife. Right? And then have a clean heart and don't even want to do it. Right? So it's our relationship with God. It's our relationship with others. And it's our relationship with ourselves. But it always starts with God first. And there are two kinds of relationships in your life. Listen to me. Look at me. There are godless relationships, godless relationships, and God 
Lee relationships. What do I mean by that? Well, you can go to church, you can read the Bible, you can pray, and yet you could still be in a godless relationship. Why? Because the only way that you can have a godly relationship is when God comes first in your life. The only way you can have a godly relationship is when God is in the center of your life. If God isn't in the center, he said, don't have any other idols, don't make any other gods, right? So when God is in the center of your life, then everything revolves around your relationship with God and you're going to be blessed because God is actually leading you in that relationship. Not only that, but God is the one that meets your need. You see, the truth is so often we want somebody else in our life to be God for us. No, 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 no. I know who God is, Pastor Steve. You're wrong. No, 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 no. So often we expect people to fulfill a need that only God can fulfill. You hearing me right now? Come on, somebody. So often we're expecting somebody to play the place of God in our life. Oh, I, I thought when I got married, you were going to make me happy. Only God can make you happy. See, we all go into marriage, we all go into relationships with a certain set of expectations. We expect certain things. When I got married, I was 20 years old. Don't try that at home, kids. I'm telling you right now. I was 20 years old. What did I know about relationships? What did I know about giving? What did I know about expectations? I had expectations. What were my expectations? I was 20, 20 years old. I thought I'd go to work. My wife stayed home all day long. She'd, I'd get home and she'd be in a negligee. She'd cook dinner. We'd have candles and then we're not going to talk about the rest. <laughs> and, I, and, and I learned quickly that she could not fulfill every desire or need or want in my life. And the truth of the matter is, is I was putting on her something that only God can do. And only God can give me joy. Only God can give me peace. Only God can give me a sense of purpose and destiny and understanding. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for my wife. But she can't meet the deepest needs of my life. Only God can. And when I expect my wife or somebody else to meet the needs that only God can meet, I make them God. Mm? We try to make others our savior, but only God can save us. We try to make other people a savior of our own loneliness or, or, or our healer. You take away our pain, you take away our, my pain or, or, or make me complete. You know, I expected you to make me complete. Only God can make us complete. And so when my relationship with God is good and solid and deep, my relationship with others is good and solid and deep. Because I'm not getting from, from people what only God can give me, and then what I get from God, I give to other people. So my relationship with God always determines and defines my relationship with other people. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with God today? Young person, how is your relationship with God? See, that's the problem. So many of us, we get into relationships when we're away from God. When God isn't the center of our life. And then we make a mess out of our life. And we try to pick up the pieces for the rest of our life because we walked away from making God number one in our life. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a boyfriend. There's nothing wrong with having a girlfriend. 
There's nothing wrong with falling in love. You just better make sure that he's the first love of your life. You better make sure that he's in the center of your life, directing you and guiding you into the relationships you need to have. Because if not, you're going to get into relationships that you should not be in relationship in. And then, guess what? Then they come and sit in my office 20 years later, and they say, he makes me crazy! She makes me crazy! Well, what, why did you marry that unbeliever in the first place? Because you were being rebellious. God wasn't first in your life, you see? But when God is first in your life, God promises you that he will lead you to those relationships that are life-giving in your life. When God is first in your life, when you love God more than you love the person that you're dating, then God will lead you and guide you into a fruitful relationship with the people that he wants you to have. Number two, I want you to say this with me. My relationship with others. Now, wait, 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 wait. This is the 1245 service. That means you got to sleep longer. You got to eat lunch most likely. And you got to mosey in this place. And you guys are acting like the 830 service. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And you guys are mostly the energetic ones. So I want you right now, I want you to just, I want you to thank the Lord right now. Just applaud the Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, that I get to come to the 1245 service. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord, that I get to come to the 1245 service. I got up late, I ate already, and I'm good to go. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. And you drive me crazy. But God has a plan for your life. All right, so I want you to say with me, my relationship with others defines and determines my relationship with God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Pastor Steve, you just said my relationship with God determines my relationship with others. No, it's reciprocal. Your relationship with others describes how deep your relationship is with God. I want to prove it to you. In 1 John, John says something very powerful. He said, dear friends, he said, let us love one another. Because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. So John tells us everyone who loves others has been truly born again and transformed by the Spirit of God. He said, if you have a love capacity in your heart to love other people, if you love people with an unconditional agape love, it proves that you are born again. Listen, I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how often you read the Bible. I don't care how often you, you pray. L the Bible tells us the only way that you can recognize whether or not you're a Christian is not how much knowledge you have, how much you read and pray. He said the way that you can tell you're a Christian is because you have love for your brother and sister in Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. Jesus said, this is how they will know that you are truly my Christ followers. Because what? You have a love for each other. So your relationship with others define and describe. It reveals, it communicates 
your relationship with God. He said, whoever does not love doesn't know God. Wow. He said, you can know about God, but you can't know God unless you love him first. And it's lived out by loving other people. He said, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has, look what he says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God's love lives in us. And is made complete within us. Wow. So John says we should love sacrificially as God loved us. Since God loved us in this way, we should love one another. And he says the invisible, listen to me, the invisible characteristics of God is revealed through the visible expressions of our love for one another. He said no one has ever seen God. He said, but if we love one another, he says, the visible characteristics of God's unconditional love, of God's faithfulness, of God's self-control, of God's joy, of God's power is revealed in us and shown to the world. So when we love one another, we're revealing to the world God lives with us, God is in us, and I want to show you how God operates. See, the truth is, that when we were born again, we were born into the body of Christ. And therefore, because we were born into the body of Christ, Paul the Apostle says, no one should say, the eye, because you're the eye, I don't need you. Or because you're the ear, I don't need you. He said, the body is one unit and we all need each other. So when we recognize our need for one another and we begin to operate in community, in unity with one another, we're actually becoming the body of Christ and the world looks at us and says, wow, the God is among them. Wow, that's so powerful. But number three, the truth is, your relationship with yourself will always define and determine your relationship with God and others. Wow. So I want you to say with me, my relationship with myself will always determine, define my relationship with God and with others. What do I mean by that? Well, the truth is, you, whether you like it or not, you have a relationship with you. I'm reminded of the man who got stranded on an island. If you heard this joke just laugh and pretend like you never heard it before and make me feel good. You know, when you're preaching 26 years in one church, you might repeat yourself. But, but I, I, I'm reminded of the man who was stranded on an island for many, many years. Well, they came and they, they actually rescued him. And as the rescuers came onto the island, they noticed that, that there were three huts. There were three different huts. And so one of the guys said, hey, what are those huts? And the, the man that was alone, stranded on the island, he said, well, that's where I live. And they said, well, what's the other two huts? And the man said, well, that's the church I used to go to. You'll get that on the way home. The sad thing is some of you won't even get that. 
He said, and that's the church I go to now. He left the church. He was the only one on the island. He couldn't get along with himself. And see, the truth of the matter is sometimes we actually drive ourselves crazy. Because we don't love ourselves. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, I want you to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Keep God in the center. He said, and then I want you to love your neighbor. Hmm? Your relationship with your neighbor is going to determine your relationship with God. He said, as you love yourself. Now, now Jesus told us that we're to deny ourselves. Paul said we're to deny ourselves. What do you mean, Pastor Steve, we're supposed to love ourselves? I, I thought that we're supposed to deny ourselves. No, you know, we're supposed to deny the sinful part of who we are. But Jesus knows that we cannot deny one thing. And that is that we truly have a love for ourselves. We love ourselves. And why do we love ourselves? We love ourselves because we've been created in the very image of God. And there's something inside of all of us that wants to preserve our lives. We love ourselves. Hmm? And as a result of that, Jesus says, I want you to see the same way you want people to love you, you need to love them. How many of you, you want to be respected? Let me see your hands. You want to be respected. How many of you want to be understood? Oh, I want to be understood. I mean, when I speak, I want people to listen to me. I want people to respect me. I want people to understand what I'm saying. I want people to love me. So Jesus knows that, that inside of our hearts, we have a certain desire to be loved. And the truth is, when we can't receive love for ourselves, we can't give it to somebody else. That's why Paul the Apostle says, I pray that, that, that your eyes may be open." Ephesians chapter 3, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open, enlightened, so that you might understand with all the saints, you might grasp and understand with all the saints how deep and how wide and how long and how high is the love of Christ. And that you might be established and in that love so that you might experience the fullness of God in your life. And the problem is so often we People drive us crazy because we don't love ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. We don't accept ourselves. And we don't know the love of God in our life. But when you truly understand the love of God in your life and you allow God to love you, you can love other people. You can't love anyone until you start receiving God's love for yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. There are some people, they're hard to get along with. They drive everyone crazy. You know why? Because they're filled with guilt. They're filled with condemnation. They're filled with self-hatred. They hate themselves. They feel like they're worthless. And the truth is you can't treat people with respect and dignity and honor until you start to respect yourself. You see, the truth is that we cannot love others when we believe that we're worth less. We cannot demonstrate true forgiveness for others until we discover and experience God's forgiveness for ourselves. You know, the reason why there's so many bitter people in this world is because they've never actually understood how much God not only loved them, but how much God has forgiven them. That's why Jesus said, forgive us. 
Lord, of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, when you come face to face with a holy God and you realize that before you came into a loving relationship with God, before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen to me, when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of the wrath of God upon himself. Why, did ha why does God have wrath towards us before we're Christians? Because he's a holy God. He's a holy, holy, holy God. And our sin against him demands that God judges us. But instead of judging us, God sent his son, Jesus died on the cross, and he took our sins upon himself. And as a result of that, he reconciled us to God. He forgave us. While we were enemies of God, Jesus was forgiving us. While we were enemies of God, Jesus was asking the Father to forgive us because we don't know what we do. While we were enemies of God, Jesus was taking all of our sin upon himself that we might be reconciled to God. Wow. If we understand that, look at me, if we understand that, we will have such a capacity to be able to forgive other people. You cannot forgive until you have received completely the forgiveness of God in your life. People cannot bring healing to others until they've experienced the healing of God in, our li in their lives. People who cannot love have never truly experienced the depth of God's love in their life. Now listen to me. God wants you and I to have healthy relationships. He wants you and I to experience deep, satisfying, strong, and powerful relationships in our life. That's why Jesus in John chapter 17 said, Lord, Father, my Father, he said, I pray that my disciples would be one. That's, where, that's why we have one group. So that we can build community. So that we can understand and love each other. He said, I pray, Father, that they be one as we are one. Father, in essence, in purpose, in meaning, in character, in nature, Father, we are one. Jesus was saying, my Father, we're one. He said, I want my disciples, my followers, to be one as we are one. That's powerful. That's deep. That's loving. That's lasting. That's healthy, strong, life-giving, forgiving, patient, and enduring relationships. That's what he wants. And so, so our relationships are built on three things. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and our relationship with ourselves. But the truth is, in this room, I'm talking to some folks who, if you want to be honest, there's somebody in your life that drives you crazy. Now, that's not a good time to look at your husband and your wife. But, but there's somebody in your life that drives you crazy. Someone who seems to get under your skin. Someone who seems to push all the wrong buttons in your life. Someone who seems to ring your bell. Someone who tests your patience. Someone who tests your Christianity to the max. It may be your boss. Let's hope that's not anybody that works for Pastor Steve Malazzo. It may be a family member. It usually is a family member. Come on, let's be honest. It may be a sibling. It may be a child or a parent. It may be somebody in church. It may be your pastor. And the truth is, there's somebody in your life that you can think of that's driving you crazy right now. 
And the truth is you have had to repent at least a dozen times because deep in your heart you have wanted to break one of the commandments. I'm not going to say which one it is. And for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about crazy proofing your heart. Crazy proofing your heart. See, here's what I have discovered. I've actually discovered the people who tend to drive you crazy, the people who drive you the craziest are often the people that God is actually using in your life to make you more like him. Wow. So you can go home today, the person who drives you absolutely crazy, and you can say to them, guess what? You're a gift from God to me. I mean, let, let, let's practice that right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a gift from God. You, you see, the truth of the matter is, is that God, he has a plan for your life. And that plan includes that you might be like Christ. That's the goal. The goal is that we might be like Christ. God foreknew us and he predestined us to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever prayed, I want to be like you, Jesus? Come on, let me see your hands. Lord, make me like you. Well, watch out before you pray that prayer. Because the moment you pray that prayer, Lord, make me like you, guess what? He's going to send you a crazy. Hallelujah. He's going to send you somebody that's going to make you crazy. He's going to send somebody that's going to push your button. He's going to send somebody that's going to test your patience. He's going to send somebody that's going to make you go to the max of who you are deep in your heart. Why? Because he wants to make you like Christ. He wants to make you like gold. And so he's got to put you through the fire of relationships. And the way he does that is he sends somebody your way that just gets under your skin. Come on, somebody. Why? Because it's easy to say that you love people. It's easy to be kind. It's easy to do the right thing when everybody's loving you. Oh, but it's not so easy when somebody pushes your button. It shows what's really inside of you. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? I mean, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus said, Listen, you love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I got that. I got, I got loving my neighbor. I could do that pretty easy. I like the guy next door. He's a nice guy. Jesus said, oh, if you want to be like me, if you want to be perfect as I am, if, if, if you want to go deeper in your understanding of grace, if you want to go deeper in your understanding of faithfulness and self-control and gentleness and love and joy and peace. He said, if you want to go deeper in my spirit, if you want to go deeper in knowing who I am and being like me, then listen, I'm going to tell you right now, it's easy to love your neighbor some, but I want you to know, I'm telling you now that I want you to go even deeper. I want you to love your enemy. Ooh. I want you to pray for the, that person that's driving you crazy, persecuting you. Wow. That's stretching us. But notice what he says. He says, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you get? 
He goes, big deal. Jesus is like, big deal that you like the person who likes you. Oh, I just came over to bring you a cake because I like you. Why? Because they brought you a cake and you're just trying to make up for them. They're just being good to you and you're being good back to them. Jesus said, what reward do you get? He says, he says the tax collectors do that. And if you greet only the one that you know, what are you doing more than others? He said, don't even the pagans do that? He's like, even the unbelievers take care of their own when they take care of them back and forth reciprocally. You know, it's like, yeah, right. They'll take care of me. I'll take care of you, you know what I'm saying? But if you cross me, leave the gun, take the gun always. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Even the Godfather knows how to take care of people that love him. <laughs> but if you cross the Godfather, if you make him crazy, he'll make you gone. He said, but be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In other words, Jesus is saying it's easy to love people who don't drive you crazy. It's easy to love people who don't push your button. It's easy to forgive people who don't challenge your sanctification. But if you really want to be like Jesus, if you really want to be like God, you have to recognize that there, there are those people who tend to make you crazy. Why? Because they're actually really bringing something out of you that's deep in your own heart. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people you need to stare clear of. They're dangerous. They're dangerous people. I mean, people who beat other people. I mean, physically beat up people. They're dangerous. You stay away from them. But all too often, we cut people off because the truth is, they're driving us crazy. Look at me, look at me. Because there's actually something inside of us that needs to come out. It needs to be exercised. Sometimes people, look at me. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes people drive me crazy because I've got my own insecurities in my life. And they drive me crazy because I'm afraid they're going to be better than me. That's my issue, not their issue. Some people drive me crazy because I'm prejudiced. I like some people and I don't like some people. And that needs to be exercised. That's wrong. And God sends those kind of people my way because he knows the only way I'm going to become like him is when I'm challenged in that area and it comes to the light. See, many times God will allow people to come in our lives to show us what's really in our heart and what we're really made of. People who test us every step of the way. But if you want to be like Jesus, you got to go through the relational fire. You have to have those difficult relationships. You have to have those relationships and those people in your life that make you crazy because they're actually a gift from God to make you more like Him. I know that when you heard the title of this series, you came to church expecting, oh boy, Pastor Steve's going to teach me how to deal with the jerks in my life. Pastor Steve's going to teach me how to put boundaries around people that drive me crazy. Great Pastor Steve's going to give me some skills to deal with difficult people, and I will. But before I do that, 
first we have to realize that people who often drive us crazy are people who can potentially help us see what's really in our heart. That's why James tells us, what's the cause of fighting and quarreling among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within your own heart? There it is. That's why when it comes to relationships, Jesus tells us, always start with you. Not with the person who drives you crazy. Not with others. Not even with your enemies. Start with yourself. Didn't Jesus say, don't judge because in the manner that you judge, it'll be measured back to you? In fact, Jesus tells us that we need to first look at our own self. But oh, we're so absolutely good at being a splinter inspector. We're always looking at the splinters in other people's eyes. You know, we're kind of like, yeah, man, I've been watching you all through the service, brother. I've been watching, come here, brother, brother. I, I've been watching through the whole service, and you know what? I see that little splinter in your eye right there. Let me get it out. Let me get it out for you. Let me get, we're, we're, we're inspectors of the splinter. I got to get it out. Thank you so much. Didn't he do a good job? He belongs in Hollywood. He's amazing. The guy's amazing. Well, actually, Bollywood. But, but so we're so consumed with the splinter in another person's eye that it actually blinds us to our own condition. And so Jesus said, listen, before you even try to take the splinter out of your brother's eye, take the log, take the log, take the log out of your own eye. Why? Because you're so blinded by your own condition because you're trying to change everybody else that you can't understand and really and understand the fact that you have your own log or your own issue in your own life. Splinter, log, splinter, log, splinter, log, splinter. Log. So, so if we're going to be effective in relationships, if, if we're going to be effective in crazy-proofing our hearts, this afternoon, we actually have to start with ourselves. Because the truth is, people are not driving you crazy. God's not driving you crazy. You're driving yourself crazy. Let's pray. Let's pray. Maybe, just maybe, the person that's driving you crazy is the person that you look at in the mirror. Maybe the person that's driving you crazy is you. And it's time for you to take a good look at yourself and say, God, I want to have healthy relationships. I want to have blessed relationships. Lord, sometimes I think I'm okay, but God, you're the only one who can help me to see that the truth is I drive people crazy. You know, I want you to look at me for a moment. When, when I, I, I told you I got married when I was 20 years old, 20 years old. And... Um, I have to be honest with you. I have to be transparent with you. My first five years of my marriage was a little rough. And I was a pastor. Youth pastor. I was a godly man. I loved God. And I'll never forget one time my wife and I, we had an argument. And, um, and it intensified a bit. And I'll never forget walking out of that argument feeling justified 
Like, she started it. She's wrong. I'm right. And I'll never forget walking around the block. And I was praying. I said, God, if you would change that woman, she drives me crazy. Lord, that woman is wrong. What she does is wrong, and it's driving me nuts. And I'll never forget the voice of God. It wasn't an audible voice, but I knew God spoke to me. He said, why don't you just stop yapping? I need to tell you something. The truth is, you're driving her crazy. And I remember going back into the house, and I remember God saying to me, I need to work on my own stuff. And as I work on my own stuff, and she committed to work on her own stuff, together we began to recognize that we need to take responsibility for us. And as we begin to take responsibility for us, God starts working out the kinks in our relationship. And I thank God that I've been married for 36 years. I got married when I was two years old. And I can't tell you it's been perfect. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that we don't drive each other crazy. Why? Because the truth is we're always first looking at our own selves and letting God do the work inside of us. Now let's pray. Maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not even certain I have a relationship with God and I need Jesus to come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord. I don't know if I die today, I go to heaven. I need, I need a relationship with God. Would you pray for me today? I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Yes, I see those little hands all over the place. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome, awesome. You know, God loves you. And in a moment, I'm going to ask our altar counselors to come. And they're going to have a free gift that they want to give you. And if you come forward at the end of the service, just when everybody's leaving, you just come forward. There'll be somebody here, and they want to give you a free gift so that you might be able to start your journey of faith. And if you're a little guy or a little girl, I want you to come up as well because we want to we want to pray for you as well. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I know God, but I want to have a blessed relationship. And I know that at times I allow people to drive me crazy, but I need to look at my own self. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on ourselves, and we're going to be the best person we can be so that we don't drive other people crazy, so that we don't drive ourselves crazy, and we can find that God wants to give us peace in relationships. How many of you, you want to have a good relationship? You want to have blessed relationships? You want to have deep relationships? If that's you today, I want you to stand. We're going to raise our hand towards heaven right now, and we're going to pray a commitment prayer. Come on. Just stand. If that's you, I want to have blessed relationships. I want you to raise your hand towards heaven right now. And let's pray this prayer right now. Everybody across the church, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to reconcile me back to God. Lord, I ask today that you would deepen my relationship with you. I surrender my heart to your Lordship. Lord, help me to recognize you have given me relationships to help me be more like you. Lord, help me to love you 
to love my neighbor and love myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, just let's, let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God.